Hello, everybody, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Trojan Venture Podcast. We are back with another special guest this week, Vivek. How are we? I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready to meet Shane, and yeah, let's do it. Are you uh, surviving through midterms? Barely, barely. Luckily, it's like, spring break. So. Spring break cannot come quick enough. But before spring break hits, um, we're excited to bring on Shane McCassey. Uh, Shane is currently the president at Altwell, which is the maker of the energy drink Jim Weed. Shane is also the founder of DrinkHab, a natural fruit-flavored enhancer for water. Shane has spent the better part of 20 years in marketing, brand, and product development, Shane started his career at Oakley as a sports marketing specialist and later on became the director of marketing at Muscle Milk and the chief operating officer at Tone It Up, a leading fitness community for women. Shane is going to talk all about his experience in the marketing and branding space uh, across all of his different roles that he's had over the years. We're super excited to bring him on. Vivek, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. Hey, Shane. Thanks for coming on the show. Vivek, let's get uh, right into the first question. All right. So when did you first discover your passion for marketing and brand development? Um, I think by my first job uh, that I worked in retail when I was still in high school. Uh, I worked at a retail store um, down in Orange County and we were selling like uh, sunglasses and apparel and I think I just like connecting with people. Uh, obviously, it was my first first job uh, while I was still in high school. And I think I just saw like the athletes they worked with, what kind of helped sell things. I think that was like my first, um, I think that was like my first, uh, it just kind of sparked my my interest and passion. And then from there, I went and worked at a, a sunglass company called Oakley, um, which, you know, really cool sunglass company. This was a little over 20 years ago. Um, and I worked in the sports marketing department, kind of was just like a lower level marketing person. And again, it kind of reinforced the power of marketing, branding, uh, athletes, um, and, you know, I've been doing that, you know, sort of, uh, you know, I've been on that career path now for, for a little over 20 years. So, uh, I say that's, that was like the beginning for me. So when we were initially kind of doing our research about you, when we found out that you had started your career in marketing 20 years ago, it was interesting to us because that seems like such a transformational time at the beginning of social media and how marketing was changing at that period. When did you first start to realize the power that social media and the internet was that was was going to bring to marketing? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, when I was at Oakley, social media wasn't a thing yet. So there was no social media. Uh, social media really started um coming alive uh during my time at at muscle milk so i i spent seven years at at muscle milk i was the director of marketing there and i think the the first time that i think i saw the power of social media uh was um was with a basketball player that we had signed or we were we were soon to be signing and we would send him uh muscle milk because he would get 
throughout the basketball season, he would get skinny. Uh, and so this is probably maybe like 10, 12 years ago. Uh, and so this is to show you the time. This is when MTV Cribs was huge. So this is when everybody would open up their fridge on MTV Cribs and there'd be Chris Stahl. And so this athlete, I'll tell you guys who it is in a second. We, we would send him muscle milk. He would drink it. And this is before Instagram, but this is when Twitter was kind of just getting, was just getting going. And so he took a picture of the inside of his fridge and he said, muscle milk is the new Cristal because there was his whole fridge was full of muscle milk. And I'm like, this guy's really cool. He was pretty new in the NBA. He hadn't um, really done much yet. He, you know, again, I think it was like a second or third year in the NBA. He had some injury problems, but we were like, this guy's cool. Like he, he gets it. He's kind of on the cutting edge. And that ended up being Stephen Curry. So we, we, we signed Stephen Curry. Uh, this was before he broke the three-point record, before he was an all-star, before they won the championship, before he was an MVP. And that relationship, um, when we, we, you know, we knew his manager, but it really started because of social media. Um, and again, that was kind of the beginning of social. So there was no Instagram yet. So that was Twitter. Uh, so I, I'd say that's a fun story that when when I think my mind started to shift and say, hey, like this could be something big. And I think then I think Steph probably had 100,000 followers on Twitter, you know, and at the time that was a lot. Um, so I say that's that's probably like one of the pivotal moments for me when I was like, OK, I think, you know, social media is going to be something big in the future. Yeah, um, you worked with a lot of cool people and a lot of cool brands. And like, what gets you like most excited about a product or a brand? And like, do you usually have some sort of personal connection to the product in any way? For for me personally, like I always have to have a personal connection to the product. Um, I can't just like sell something to sell something. Um, so like, you know, going back to Oakley, you know, I grew up, snowboarding and riding dirt bikes and I would always wear Oakley goggles um they we they relaunched the frog skin glasses and I thought those were pretty cool so you know I I was connected to the brand muscle milk like I, I've always lived a active lifestyle so I actually loved the product um and you know my my newest venture uh is a new product called Jimweed. so it's a hemp infused energy drink uh, that kind of gives you more of a focused energy without the jitters or crash of a normal energy drink. Um, and so I think, again, throughout my career, I've always had a, you know, a personal connection uh, to the product. So I think that's like, whether it's as a, as an employee, as a entrepreneur, um, and then as you're looking at athletes, endorsers, I think the love for the brand and the love for the product is where, I think all things should start. And I think the things that get me excited are just genuine connections. Um, again, like we got to know Steph Curry and he was just an amazing guy. Uh, his wife was awesome. Uh, their kids were cute. Their parents were great. And so you just build like, you know, you build just genuine connections with people. And so I think that's what 
that's what gets me excited. And then on the, you know, on the product front, it's, it's a lot of fun to walk into a new account or a new sales meeting or a pitch to an athlete or a celebrity or, you know, whoever it may be and be excited to put your product in front of them because you know, your product is really good. So that, that's what gets me excited. And so you mentioned Jim Weed, which we're going to get into because you're kind of current adventure. What were some of the biggest lessons uh, that you learned at Muscle Milk that you brought over to Jim Weed now? Um, I'd say like the, the number one thing and, you know, basically the whole team that's doing Jim Weed is a lot of the same team from Muscle Milk. So it's, it's a very, you know, familiar uh, group of people, which is a lot of fun. And I think, again, it, it all starts with an amazing product. Um, muscle milk changed the way people thought about protein. Muscle milk made protein taste really good and they made it in a convenient package. So it, you know, it kind of changed the way people think about protein. Um, so I think starting with an amazing product, having real relationships with, you know, with your distributors, with your retail accounts, um, your athletes and brand partners. Um, so I'd say like, those are the, the key elements we brought into Jim Weed, obviously starting with the product that is amazing. The product is so good. Um, uh, so that makes, you know, makes everyone's life a little bit easier bringing in some authentic, real relationships, um, with people that again, resonate with the brand. Uh, you know, we're working with people like Melissa Alcantara, who's a, you know, big time celebrity trainer, uh, work with Bradley Martin, uh, who's a big fitness influencer. He owns gyms and has a big podcast. Uh, so it's like bringing those, you know, authentic relationships. And then, you know, on the, on the retail front, again, we, we brought in a lot of the, uh, same distribution partners, uh, that we worked with back in the muscle milk days. So you kind of have this, you know, blueprint, um, but blueprint evolved a little bit now, obviously, because we're everything's digital now, right? Every we live in a digital age and a social age, uh, so it's like a lot of the same footprint, but like executed in a in a different way. So, like, do you think that we've discovered the entire potential for CBD for like it has, especially for like fitness and wellness products? Or do you think that we're kind of still scratching the surface in that sense? I think we're still scratching the surface, um, you know, because of where hemp extract and CBD is at in the regulatory phase. You know, I think, you know, once, once FDA formally regulates on it and it's, it's, it's more readily studied, you know, I think, I think there's a lot to learn about cannabinoids as a whole. Um, a lot of the data out there is somewhat, you know, limited, but there are some really great studies on just the benefits. Um, and, you know, even for us, we, we participated in a, a, a board certified study on CBD that, you know, just really analyzes like its, its effect on people's overall well-being, their anxiety levels, and across the board, uh, there was, I think over 3000 participants, um, the results were pretty, you know, astounding, like people felt better, they were less anxious. Um, and you know, there's a lot of positive benefits. So I think we're just scratching, um, scratching the surface, uh, you know, for, for how we use it with gym weed, 
you know, like one of the leading kind of side effects of energy drinks is the jitters and anxious feeling. Um, so like, obviously like hemp extract and CBD, it helps fight, you know, uh, or, you know, supports people's, you know, anxiety and, you know, helps with those things. And so as we've brought together caffeine with, with the hemp extract, it really kind of balanced out the, the caffeine and reduced some of the, the side effects. So, so yeah, I, I do think we're, we're just scratching the surface. And I think as we look at like the hemp extract, CBD world of beverages, supplements, you know, it's not too dissimilar to the way protein was 20 years ago. Um, you know, it, it, it started off as kind of a niche thing that was sold in gyms. Um, now obviously proteins everywhere, right. It's on every, you know, every big retailer's shelf. So I, I do think you'll see a similar, um, you know, trajectory with, with hemp and CBD. And I think we'll continue to learn, but, uh, you know, the, the response from people in the market size, I think just shows you that people actually rely on it. People actually use it. Um, so yeah, I think we, I think we have a lot to learn still, which is exciting. In such a, I mean, I think everybody can name a certain type of energy drink that they enjoy, or even just know by the brand. It's such a saturated space. As someone who's been in the beverage industry for a long time now, what do you think are the most important things that a product such as Jim Weed should do to be able to differentiate itself? Um, I think the first thing is you have to stand out, right? You have to you know, you, you don't want to look like every other drink on the shelf. Um, and then from a, a, a taste experience and functionality standpoint, I think you have to bring something else to the table. Uh, so, you know, as you look at obviously like the Red Bulls and the Monsters, and then probably more like within our realm, the Celsius is the Alani News. Uh, I think we wanted to bring something different. And so obviously like our formulation uh, our functional ingredients really give somebody something different. So I think what we've seen is once people start to try gym weed, once they use it, they kind of can't go back because they like the way it makes them feel better. Um, so I think, I think, you know, I think you have to stand out from a look and feel, but I also think you have to bring something, something different. Yeah. Cause like you said, it's a very, uh, you know, it's a huge market. It's one of the fastest growing sectors in all beverage, super competitive. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I would say it's saturated. I think every market's saturated, right? Every, you know, every market is tough. There's no like easy, easy market, but energy drinks would definitely be, you know, at the top of it. So I think bringing something different, um, you know, from a look, feel, functionality standpoint, I think is, is what it takes to, you know, to kind of carve out your, your niche, you know, in a market that's north of 20 billion in the U S uh, annually growing to over 30 billion in the next like three to four years. So it's, you know, there's all, there's room for everybody. You just gotta, you know, you gotta carve out your, your, your niche and kind of own it. So shifting gears a little bit to Manage Create, uh, you co-founded Manage Create in 2014. Could you tell us a little bit about what motivated you to start that? Yeah, so you know it it, it was a, a interesting time. So I was at 
uh, Saddle Sport Muscle Milk for for seven years. That company was getting acquired by Hormel. Um, so uh, it was kind of like a decision: Do you go work for Hormel, which is a massive food company, um, or do you kind of keep along your entrepreneurial path and spirit and go out and do your own thing? Uh, and so that was that was kind of why I made the choice to to leave Saddle Sport once the acquisition happened, go do my my own thing. And I don't think uh, at the time I was working with my brother, I don't think we, we really knew exactly what we wanted to do. Uh, we knew that we loved building brands. We knew we loved helping people, you know, achieve their own success, but also we like to create our own success. Uh, and so started Manage Create uh, within a month doing uh, business. We started working with a couple of friends of ours that had a started a business called Tone It Up, uh, which, uh, you know, was this fitness community for, for women. Um, and so basically started working with them immediately and pretty quickly that was taking up most of our time was helping Karina and Katrina, you know, build, build their business. Uh, and so it kind of managed create then kind of morphed into us running tone it up with Karina and Katrina for the next like five years. And we built out a whole line of nutrition products, uh, plant-based protein powders, shakes, bars. Uh, we eventually sold them into target nationwide, whole foods, CVS, um, and, you know, did that for, for five years. So, uh, again, I, I think the, the reason why I started it and we started it was to kind of keep keep our entrepreneurial spirit alive. I think it's good to know like what you like or don't like in life. Um, some people like being part of a big team and like, you know, like working within a big corporate umbrella gives them some security. Me personally, like I, I definitely like the, you know, the more entrepreneurial kind of building things from the ground up um, kind of spirit. Uh, and so that was the, you know, I'd say the, the, the genesis of, of, of why and how Manage Create got started. And so whether it's Muscle Milk, Gym Weed, Drink Hab, which we're going to mention in a second, as someone who's obviously an expert in marketing now, how do you identify what ambassadors, so let's, you could say celebrities or athletes are going to be the best ones to work with in marketing your product? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, like, especially in the social media age, um, you can have, you know, you can have somebody that has 10 million, 20 million followers, but they may not actually sell the product you're trying to sell, right? They may get you views, but they don't actually sell product. So I think finding people that have, real credibility in the space of whatever you're doing. If, if it's, you know, nutrition products, beverages, supplements, I think finding partners and ambassadors that, that, you know, our trainers, our nutritionists that are building content that people look to them for, to say, what should I eat? What should I drink? You know, if you're building a apparel brand or a fashion brand, you know, you want to find brand partners and ambassadors 
to people that, you know, that people look to for what should I wear? How should I dress? Like people that have real credibility and authenticity and whatever, whatever space you're in. Uh, so I think that's kind of like step one. And I think step two is then finding people that are truly passionate about whatever product brand service you're creating. Um, so that when they talk about it, it's not, doesn't feel like a paid ad. It feels like they're talking about it because they actually love it because hopefully they, they really do. So I think that's like the, you know, the core principles and in, in finding the right partners. You mentioned a little bit about Steph Curry, but I honestly do want to hear a little bit more about that. Could you just explain like, you know, how was it meeting him in person? Like, was it a cool experience? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, we, like, like I mentioned before, we were friends, uh, and connected with Steph Curry's, uh, agents, uh, and, and talent managers. So we, you know, we were getting him product first. Uh, again, he was still relatively unknown then he was, a you know, maybe in his second or third year. Um, and, uh, so we, again, started, started, started with sending him product, we knew he loved the product because throughout the NBA season, he would lose weight because they play so many games. It's hard for these guys to keep muscle mass, keep weight on. So he would use muscle milk to just to kind of give himself more protein, give himself some calories. So again, it started from like a really just natural place. Um, and uh, so then, you know, I think we, we had dinner with him. And then like when we did our, our first photo shoot, we were at like this little studio in Oakland, not fancy at all. Uh, it was pretty close to their practice facility. Uh, he came with his wife and he only had one kid at the time uh, and his daughter. And they're just like the nicest people ever. Um, super chill, respectful, nice. Um, so I, I think like, as you see, as you've seen all the success that he's had, um, how he's handled it with a lot of grace, you know, he's, you know, has never really had major scandals or anything like you, you see that like at the core of who he is, he's a really, really good person. Um, I don't think you've ever heard, you could ever find anybody that'll say something bad about Steph Curry. So he was, he was awesome to work with, honestly. Um, he has a great team. Uh, you know, I think he still, still has basically the same core team he's worked with in his whole career. So um yeah he's just a just a great guy could you tell us a little bit more about drink hab you've founded in 2020 and another i'll let you describe it but if you could describe it a little bit more yeah so uh uh obviously started working on drink hab free pre-pandemic uh and uh basically the pandemic happened we then <laughs> launched launched have during a pandemic which was uh which was super interesting um this that was like the first project that i'd really done completely on my own and i'd say that was it was one of the biggest learning experiences i've had um uh i learned about myself that i i need to have a, at least a small team of people around me um to you know, to achieve what I think we can achieve. Uh, and so I, I learned a lot through 
developing the product. It was, again, it was a personal like passion of mine. I was in my own, like personal life was becoming much more sustainable. I was trying to eliminate, you know, single use plastics and just, just generally be, be more um, sustainable. So again, that was like the, the personal connection to why I wanted to do it. Um, and ultimately like we didn't really have the success that we, that I had hoped. Uh, and then as I was doing that, we, we began working on gym weed, which then quickly took off. Um, and so I was kind of at this juncture of, I only have so much time in a day, <laughs> you know, you, if you're, whatever you're going to do, you kind of, you really have to put 110% into it. It's hard to just dip your toe in the water. I think as you look at like a lot of uber successful people over time, they were hyper, hyper focused on whatever they did. And so I, I kind of had to, you know, put, put drink hab to the side as gym weed was really taking off. Um, so yeah, it was, a, uh, I think it was a really amazing learning experience. I love going through the process of developing the brand and creating it. Um, and then once gym weed started taking off, I kind of had to put it to the side. And so I think it's just, just shows you sometimes that like, if you, sometimes you, you think you're on a certain path and it doesn't go hundred percent the way you wanted it to, but then it leads to something else. I think, again, that's just part of being, being an entrepreneur, you know, sometimes you, you don't, you know, you don't hit home runs every time. Uh, but again, I, I learned a lot. Uh, you know, I, I never regret doing anything. Um, and now it's just been, again, focusing on gym weed for the last, uh, you know, about, about a year and a half. So what's your opinion on like TikTok for marketing? Um, and like, has Jim Weed utilized TikTok for advertising and such? Yeah, so obviously like TikTok is is huge. I think the like the prime of TikTok when it was growing so fast and like people's ROAS and everything was crazy because it was new. Um, I think that those days are probably past, right? You know, like you don't have as many people growing as, as quick on TikTok anymore. Um, I think the advertising people are still doing really well on it. Uh, with, uh, with Jim Weed specifically, because our product has CBD, there's certain limitations on where you can advertise. Um, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter all have like kind of a pathway for CBD where TikTok doesn't necessarily. So we haven't really been able to utilize all the tools, but you know, as you look at a lot of successful brands nowadays, some brands, all their success has come from TikTok. So I think it's a place you, you have to play, like you have to, you have to have presence on, on TikTok nowadays, but it does seem like, um, you know, like the, the, the prime growth, like crazy growth of, of, uh, um, of TikTok probably is kind of more on like a, not a hockey stick, but more just a, a steady trajectory growth. Um, but I'd say, yeah, like of, as any brand you're starting nowadays, you have to be on TikTok. Um, and really, really you have to, you have to be everywhere. You can't just do Instagram or TikTok or Twitter, you know, you kind of have to do it all. Um, and I think again, like 
different products might do better on Instagram or versus TikTok uh, versus like Google ads. So I think, you know, you, you do a lot of AB testing and learning, but I think as, as any brand, you kind of have to kind of have to do it all. And so one final question, obviously both Avik and I are students. So we kind of want to just wrap up with this as a question for our peers as well. So what things do you recommend students who are interested in marketing and brand development do to build their skill set? I mean, I think internships, you know, getting, you know, identifying brands that you, you know, that are in a field that you want to get into. Um, so I think, you know, applying for internships, uh, whether it's summer intern internships or, you know, more of a year round. Um, I know so many people that, that I've hired that were interns that then became full-time employees. Cause I do think you, you know, there's, there's obviously so much you learn in school, but there's so much stuff that you learn kind of just like in, in the real world. Um, so whether that's like building a reference database, I think building some real world experience. Um, but I'd, I'd say that's the, the number one thing that you can do. Um, and also too, like think about building your own brand, right? If, if you want to do social media marketing or if you want to build a social media business, I think doing what you guys are doing, start a podcast. Uh, start creating content on your own Instagram or TikTok. Um, you know, it's like immersing yourself in all the the things that you will be doing as you you head into, you know, a career. Um, because as people are looking to hire people, they're looking at your Instagram, they're looking at your TikTok, they're looking at your Facebook, they're looking at your LinkedIn, they're seeing what you do. Um, so I think the more you can show of yourself and show who you are. Um, I think the better, you know, the better chances you have. And, you know, on the internship side, it's building those relationships. You know, it's like, if, if you're in there, you're a hard worker, you're learning, um, maybe it's not there, but that, you know, VP, CEO, whomever you're working for, if they like you and you, you do a good job, Hey, I don't have a job for you here, but my friend over here, you know, does this. So I think it's like really starting to build that, um, you know, that, that network starting to build that credibility. And, you know, while you're also building your own, your own brand. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, Eric and I in the audience have surely learned a lot about the marketing space and it's really inspiring to hear about your entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial career. So yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. No, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I love what I do. So it's fun to talk about. So uh, appreciate you guys bringing me on. Thank you, Shen. Vivek, it was super interesting. First of all, Shane is just a very likable guy. So it was hard not to enjoy our conversation. I loved hearing about someone first of all in the marketing space because we haven't really had a guest like that but also someone who has a lot of experience around products um we've interviewed a lot of people that are you know, founders of like more software enabled companies but uh, 
to look at products and how they're marketed and developed. He has a lot of experience. It was really super interesting to hear his story. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it was really interesting how he said, uh, you kind of have to be everywhere when it comes to marketing. Like you can't just have one channel. Um, and like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. You kind of do have to be everywhere because like people are everywhere, especially on social media and stuff now. So yeah, I mean, I'm gonna take those lessons and I'm gonna take them back to this, you know, my own career, you know, the clubs I'm in. So yeah, it was awesome to hear. Yeah, he's, again, was a super likable guy, has a lot of experience. And he, I think it's good to uh, hear from somebody who's seen kind of the evolution of marketing the last 20 years, because we haven't been able to see that. And so he has a perspective that we just don't, we don't have. Um, so it was very valuable to hear the experience. And again, it's another beautiful day in Los Angeles. So it was a great Time to do another podcast. So Vivek, enjoy the spring break and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, you too. All right.